So we back. We back up in this bitch. Passengers. Bitch, I'm back. By popular demand. Testicles one, two. Testicles one, two. What the fuck is up, you little bitch? Uh, I feel like I haven't seen you in a long ass time. Yeah, because you don't fucking want to hang out anymore. Wait, before you talk. You want, it's your favorite pile of boys back at it again. Hey. Episode <laughs> eight? Something like that. I don't know. We almost why, getting to that one. No. Like we've done like a million. We've only done a couple. Hey, but you know what? Shout out to us. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, I don't like you. Nah, but seriously though, we're almost getting to that one up. That'll be cool, right? We, we gotta give our, you know, thousands of listeners something special for that one up. We gotta give our, our tens of ones of listeners. Yeah, you know? All five of you. Y'all deserve a, something. We're gonna do like a giveaway of like a used gift card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they deserve something for being loyal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, what other pilot podcasts could they possibly be listening to? Yeah, there are none. There, this. I mean, in L.A., there are none. We Why are would originals. anyone ever tackle this topic? Nah, J.K. There probably is something out there. So, so there's a lot been going on in the world, my friend. Particularly yesterday, Ooh. as you might have seen. Oh, it's on the topics. <laughs> mm. So, let me Wait. ask you the big one. Oh, here we go. What did you think of the Kanye heel turn? Wake up, Mr. West, <laughs> Mr. West. <laughs> oh, man. This guy. <laughs> that, that shit was hilarious. I had, you know, you I know, had it's fun a with him. It's sad because it's, it's one of those things for me that, well, I love Kanye's music. But he just says the most outlandish shit, and you can't defend him at some point. He does it for the retweets. I don't he know, be, dude. He does it for the triggering. He was he was off of Twitter for so long, and he comes and goes, and all of a sudden he's just saying this? But, I mean, it. I guess it does fit with his behavior from, like, the campaign trail when Trump was running for president. Yeah. He went and got, like, a picture with him, but now he's showing his true stripes. He's like, this is my friend. We in it together, but I'm still going to take you down in 2024 or whatever. Well, he can't run. And Trump Trump can run 2020, mm-hmm. but he can't run 2024 because that'll be his third term and you can only run two. So No, no, no. I'm talking about Kanye, though. Yeah, so that's why. But Kanye changed it because Kanye wanted to run 2020. And now all of oh. a sudden he wants to run 2024 because he's like... Mm big on the trump train well maybe uh things change you know you know it's another thing we didn't talk about He's so triggering. you know what came out ronnie or Rony hawk wait how, how far did you get in on my block <laughs> like three episodes in you met the cousin though right the cousin that's like her parents got deported or whatever no i think that cu- happens in the second episode oh okay well anyway so point is she plays a latina whose parents get deported. Uh-huh. And it turns out she was in support. She was like a Trump supporter, the actual person. And she's also a white person. Or she's not uh. Latina, but she plays someone who's Latina. Uh. And yeah, so then it was like a whole issue because On My Block was hailed as a show that's showcasing Latinos in a very positive way or in like a new way. But they casted someone white to play a Latina whose parents get deported. And she's a Trump supporter. And then she had avoided addressing it for so long because Twitter was coming after her. Controversial as fuck. Yeah, and then she finally like said, "Oh well, 
this show has taught me a lot about about these communities and like they've they've really done all that shit. But she never said that I don't support Trump anymore. And she also had said some shit about the Parkland shooting in Florida, where she was like, "We should not be blaming the government." And everyone was like, "Bitch, you apologize for Trump, but you didn't say anything about the Parkland shooters." You know what? I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to keep it 100 right now with Netflix. Y'all really? First of all, y'all really couldn't get a Latina, like for I, real. Okay, so it's even worse because she has a bit in the show where it's so bad because she doesn't speak Spanish at all. You really shouldn't have told me that because now I don't now I don't want to watch it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Just for, that's fucking so stupid. So, wait. Back back to the Kanye stuff, though. So, since since he's all, he's all like, dark side now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, did you see the Get Out memes? There were, those were pretty funny. Yeah, even Jordan Peele was like, I'm going to start writing Get Out number two now. Yeah, that shit was pretty funny. I'm not, cool. even gonna, I'm not going to front. But, um, so that, <clears throat> those new albums that he's putting out, or new songs. Yeah. Does that mean, like, we ain't listening to that? Because, you know, we ain't supporting that shit, or... I'm gonna listen to it. Me just, too. I'm just to like hate, li- not hate, because I don't hate him as a person. Yeah. But I'm gonna listen to it and see what's going on. But I'm not. I don't know. It, it's hard for for being a Kanye fan because he's he's such a dick. He's an asshole. But mm. he he makes good music. <laughs> but I didn't really I didn't really care about his last album too much. No, Life of Pablo. Oh, I, I it, that shit was on title for so long. I didn't even listen to it. Yeah. So. Anyway, so moving on. Moving that was on. my segue to music, though. Did you okay. listen to KOD? I did. What did you think? KOD, for those unfamiliar, is the new J. Cole album. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought overall the message was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I just think that a lot of the time with J. Cole is he positions himself as, like, the savior of hip-hop. Ah, okay. Or someone who's doing something way different than the norm. But then he kind of just puts out his album and then leaves and then he comes back in like two years or whatever so i like that there's a concept to this one and i think he he saw it to completion a lot better than the last album because that the concept on that one was a little it was half-baked like he didn't he didn't really flesh it out the whole like dad in the system and i'm, I'm writing you this letter or whatever mm, okay but this one i thought was a little better and he addresses like the addiction problem it's just the thing when you do that when you like say like kids are addicted to drugs because it's called kod because it's kids on drugs or king overdose you can come out really corny but i think he he did a good job and i think he has some of his best bars on this album i like me some atm yeah that was pretty good what did you think man it was cool i guess i liked like a few songs that's it i'm not i wasn't like caught up in his like storytelling Yeah, yeah yeah I'm, yeah, not, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a huge like, fan. So, but yeah. <clears throat> I like the ones where I can get crunk in the car. You know. Yeah. On that passenger seat. He really stepped into that triplet flow, like the Migos flow. Mm-hmm. That was a little weird for me because it's it's weird when older artists try to do that. Eminem tried to do it for his new album and it, it did not work at all. It just sounded like shit. And then I heard that 1985 or whatever, he was like putting everyone on blast or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was calling out Lil Pump. 
And my my boy uh, Meek Mills got out. Uh, he got free. Yeah, that this, was... this just became the fucking hip hop podcast. Hey, I mean, we hipping. Yeah, that that's a, like a weird case. I don't know if we should address that because that's like a long conversation. Well, I mean, I'm just what a coincidence that that was the same night the Philadelphia Sixers were clinching. But I mean, that's none of my business. This is not the sports. <laughs> this is not Bill Simmons' podcast. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so that Venom trailer, though. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch any trailers. I've been avoiding oh, all trailers. You're so cool. I, I know heard, you watched the a... GIF. I know you saw the GIF. Yeah, where you see what he looks like. Where, like, he puts on the, the mask. Yeah, yeah. How was it? That was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. There was some, like, spots in the trailer where I had, I had trouble with. But other than that, it looks like, to me, uh, it looks like a mediocre movie. But I don't know, maybe. Peep, peep, I, I feel don't like know. Tom Hardy has been a little selective about the movies he's done, save for that one movie with Chris Pine. Now I want you to see the trailer, because I think you'll see what I see. I really like Tom Hardy, so I'm hoping it's good. The last movie with him was the Christopher Nolan movie. Dunkirk? And he gave nothing to me. He had a mask on the entire fucking movie. Any, anyone could have played that role. I could have yeah. done that. That was freaking... Uh, Honestly, they should have cast you. Instead of Harry Styles, they should have cast you. Lokes? Keeping with that Marvel train, though. Are you hyped for Infinity War? Tonight's the night. So, fellow pilot, what if I were to tell you? How do you feel? It's been, what, 2008? It's been 10 years, pretty much, since the MCU started. Oh, How man. do you feel 10 years later? Are you excited? I, I don't want to say, like, I'm tired of them, but... It's sometimes it's a little difficult for me to get excited. I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense. Because like some of them, I see like some trailers for a few of them, and then I'm like, oh, that one's skippable. That one, yeah. I don't need to watch that. There was a few yeah. of those. I haven't skipped any of them yet because I'm a, like I'm a fan, but there were definitely a few that were just not great. Yeah, like I remember my excitement level when I saw the trailer for Avengers two, and that wasn't even all that. Yeah, Avengers two was probably one of the worst. I could have easily skipped that one and I wouldn't have gotten mad. But I mean, at that point, I wasn't feeling the way I feel now. So I think for me, this movie is one of those things where we knew it was going to come and it was a long time coming. And now that it's here, I don't really know how to feel about it. Because I think that when they started this journey with at least when they got to the Avengers, from the Avengers to now, a lot has happened. If you would have told me that there would have been like a Black Panther, like a Guardians involved. I would have never believed it. So I don't know. I, I think the stakes are a lot different. Look, they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit, I think. How? If you weren't releasing 10 a year, you know, I'm over-exaggerating, obviously. Yeah. But like, come on, guys. Come on, Disney. I mean, I know Disney's on that money train. Yeah. But Jesus Christ. That's I swear, dude. There's like at least five a year now. Yeah, it's, it's too mesh. I think so. They don't feel they don't feel special anymore. I think that's what it is. It's not like it's not a treat anymore. It's yeah. It's, oh, it's another like, Marvel movie. It, yeah, cool. it's eating fast food all the time instead of yeah, dude. Like when we were growing up, like superhero movies, they were hyped. Yeah, were there hyped. was only like Spider Man and X Men, and then they were slowly rolling out. Yeah. All right. So first. Have you been watching anything? Yeah, I have actually. What have you been watching? I'm on that anime train right now. You're still watching Darlings in the Franks? 
Of course, I love oh me God. some darlings in the frame. They Anything suck else? me in so hard. They suck me. Oh my God! Something about freaking kids being depressed and having to pilot giant robots to save humanity. God damn it! They always get me. Yeah. I don't even know what it is, man. And then I'm also watching Steins Gate. I don't know if you uh, heard of that. That's an old one. 2011. That's kinda. seven years ago. Yeah, shit. Um, yeah. So I'm watching Steins Gate because there's a season two that mm-hmm. is just coming out, and yeah. everyone's like hyped for it. So I was like, oh, let me check out this hype train. Any regular TV shows? Nah. Is that uh, a requirement while or... doing this podcast? No, I don't think so. Hey, Japanese animation is my shtick, dog. What can I say? You swear, bitch. You swear you're a little otakus. I think you'll really like Steinsgate. And there's an English dub, too. It's so, like, complex, and it has to do with time travel. So, it's, like, right up your alley. Yeah, I'll check it out. I've been watching Preacher, the second season. They put it on Hulu. It's cool. cool. That, to me, is one of those shows that I was excited about when they announced it mm-hmm. and then it came out and I didn't know how to feel about it because I was such a big big fan of the comic oh and this then, is a, a well, comic book show yeah it's on AMC this is one of the like few shows that AMC still has that is doing pretty well sort of is this image vertigo oh vertigo this came out in like the heyday of indie comics when like Sandman was out and Image was barely starting, and all those all those little series were starting. This was like the big deal. Constantine Preacher was like the big shit, and it's a it's a really 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 great comic. It's just is this like a dark comedy type thing? Is this looks dark comedy? It is, and Seth uh-huh. Rogen and Evan Goldberg they developed it, so it has like a lot of comedy, but there's also like a lot of action. It's nothing like the comic, and I think I'm okay with that. I just think that there's some issues sometimes with like suspension of disbelief because it's it's so ridiculous. But if you're okay with like jumping on board with the ridiculousness, it'll be like you you'll enjoy the show. This is Tony Stark's dad. Yeah, Dominic Cooper. I ah. met him once at uh, I shouldn't say I met him, but I, I saw him once in downtown LA. Like we're leaving this bar, and we saw him outside, and he had like his little. His little bodyguard and shit, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's Dominic bodyguard." Cooper. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. He's it was like right comics. outside. It was like right before the show had, had like really taken off. They Our were show? barely filming and stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> you swear, bitch. We took off, bitch. <laughs> um, okay, that's cool. What else you got? I watched Westworld. Westworld. Finally came back. Oh yeah, everyone's on that hype yeah, train too. Westworld was was really good. Well, okay. And it was okay. It wasn't a bad episode. It was just not much was happening. There was, I think that show has a lot of hype behind it because yeah. it was like a while ago at this point. Yeah. But they have like, it's staging ground. Like you need to see if the first season was like actually good or if it was a fluke. So I guess we'll find out in the second season. Mm. So far it's presenting to be pretty good still because the first episode was just kind of like setting the stage for the rest of it. Gotcha. So I'm hoping it gets better, but I'm excited mm-hmm. that that's back. There was a cliffhanger in the first season ending. Um, sort of. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect this since it's HBO. There's a cliffhanger, but it's not like things have wrapped up with the story that we've presented in season one, mm-hmm. and there's a cliffhanger leading to season two. 
Like all the oh. things that you you knew about season one are completely different in season two. Is that a book? No. So Michael Crichton, the guy who mm-hmm. wrote Jurassic Park, the books, mm-hmm. he wrote and directed a movie in like the seventies, and then it got developed for a TV show. Mm, okay. But this guy really likes parks. He likes like worlds and Jurassic Park and. Westworld yeah, I watched is... I watched the first three episodes. Granted, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it, was, it was very stylish. Yeah, it's very very. I mean, very... Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, developed it, so it's very. It yeah. looks very very good looking, and also J.J. Yeah. Abrams is a producer. I definitely have to finish that. I gotta yeah. get on that hype. You should. Anyway, so we should jump into it. Uh, do we have to? <laughs> <sighs> This is, I think this is the first, like, bad, actually bad TV. Queer Eye was bad TV, or it wasn't great TV, but, like, we, I was expecting it because it's a reality TV show, whereas this one, so this is a first for us, and today we're going to ABC. Ooh, Channel 7. Where, yeah. where you know, are now, our now that, I, now that I mentioned that it's ABC, this uh-huh. feels like an ABC show. No, this feels worse than an ABC show, Doug. I'm so sorry. So today we're doing Splitting Up Together, which is a new show with Jenna Fisher. And it's about okay, so it's about this family and the two parents, or the two, the husband and the wife, they're going to divorce, but they're still going to live together. And that's pretty much the premise of the series. And the first episode, we just get them exploring being separate, but also like not being used to being alone and they're also working together as far as splitting the house chores and how they're going to take care of their children yeah so they have like this system where they'll have they'll one of the parents will live in the house and the other parent will live in the garage and when the parent is in the house they'll do all the all the housework and the kid work where they have to take care of the kids and clean but they're like drastically different they're basically taking turns being an adult. Yeah, they're basically taking turns being parents instead of like splitting custody. Which is, I mean, I guess it's a little. That's supposed to be like quirky, but I'm just, when I watch this shit, I'm just like, this is some dumb fucking white people shit. Like, who the fuck does this shit? Like, come on. <laughs> oh shit! No, wait. This <laughs> it gets worse too. Yeah, Goddamn. So it was developed by Emily. Kapnick, and she worked on Suburgatory and Selfie, which are two shows. Suburgatory did pretty well, but Selfie got canceled relatively early. It's based on a Danish sitcom, which to me, I'm just like, really? Why? It's, like, if you're like, if you're gonna uh... develop something, at least make sure it's something good. You know, Jenna Fisher now been on two shows that are developed because The Office was developed from an English show. And this show ah. is the Dana show. Oh, okay. That's kinda cool, I guess. No, it's kinda shitty. She can't she can't escape. So the reason we watched it, obviously, and I'm pretty sure the reason why most people watched it is because of Jenna Fisher. Because yes. we all like fell in love with her in the office. We all fell in love with Pam. Yes, we all fell in love with her character. But there's just none of that. <sighs> Now I'm starting to question whether or not the reason we liked her as Pam 
was because she was in a relationship with Jim? Or was it because of all the surrounding characters? Like, was it all the characters that surrounded her? Like, all the things that came together that made her shine? Or was it just her on her own? Cause, well, did you like her before she got with Jim? Yeah, I liked her before she got with Jim. But I feel like she had a lot more to do in the office. Mm. What did you think? Like, did you like her before, Jim? Eh, yeah, I think so. Like, I, I, I kind of feel bad for her hardships and her relationship with uh, Roy. Yeah. Roy? Yeah. But that sucks is that's, like, she can't escape that. She can't escape, like, being typecasted as someone who's in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like... This isn't a show about her being like an empowered or like a lone woman. Like it's about her being in a relationship and how she defines herself based on the relationship. Well, I don't think this show is necessarily saying that she defines herself as being in a relationship, but her main identity at this point is being a mom and how she takes care of the kids. And that's about it. She's barely starting to think about her like sexual exploration outside of what used to be marriage her character was a pretty basic divorcee she didn't really i don't know she didn't really give me anything to work with yeah it's it's also one of those things where i feel like people who stay together i'm not gonna say that there's like always issues with that but when you stay together there's an issue with not wanting to let go and i feel like that's gonna be the core of this show like the future of this show is gonna be like they can't ever really let go because even in the first episode They've already set up that, yes, their relationship didn't work, but they still kind of miss each other a little bit. They they literally... that That's some lazy writing, dude. I think so, too. Because they literally give you that in the first episode. Yeah. I like was they, like, really? I was like, this is this is content that you could have saved for later episodes. Neta. And, I'm, and we're not talking, like, later episodes. We're talking about down the line, dude. Like, yeah. three, four seasons in, if you get that far. But... When you're doing it in the first one, that's lazy as a motherfucker. That's lazy. Not only that, it undercuts the entire premise of the show. If the yeah. premise of the show is splitting up together and being a di- in, in a divorce, quote unquote, relationship mm-hmm. and still living together, but you're still thinking about getting back together, that it's no longer about a divorce relationship. It's about two people who had a failed romance and then they just want to rekindle it. Yeah. So the the guy that's co-starting with her, Oliver Hudson, he plays this guy named Martin, which is her ex her husband. husband. Yes. And he's pretty bad too. Yeah, he's he's definitely like the bad guy in this. He gives like generic generic like ex husband like motives like oh i wasn't paying attention to you i want to do something else i'm lazy yeah and i also think the show just struggles with their tone like there was moments where it's supposed to be like whimsical and funny and like the music kind of helps you think that this is kind of a little fun and like wacky and then all of a Uh, sudden like when he's thinking about how he failed the relationship he's watching footage of his marriage and there's like really sad music and i'm like what the fuck is going on this doesn't really you're not really telling the audience how to feel and you're just you're just you're making them assume that you you already have a connection to these characters but you have no idea what the fuck they are and i don't know if i want to say if the kids were worse than them the kids were terrible actors but like if you're gonna make a show about kids i know it's hard when they're young to have them like have big 
bombastic personalities, but they were just given nothing. They were just given like it was pretty much like they were just descriptions. And then it just kind of went away. Yeah, if you compare it to another ABC show, Modern Family. Not only that, a fucking blackish. Yeah, all those kids, they have something to work with. They have motives, they have traits, they have they have something. These kids, nada. Granted, it was the first episode, but you gotta leave an impression. Yeah, but it also just seems like they... If you're gonna make a show about family, at least make sure you include moments with the family instead of just these two people in a failed relationship. And, you know, there was also some, like, inconsistencies with the voiceover. Like, it started off where they were both doing voiceovers and they were kind of arguing in the voiceover a little bit. And then it just went away, like, ten minutes in. Like, it didn't even show up ever again. Yeah, and that was weird because when you do two voiceovers, two narrators, that's really fucking weird. Because it throws oh, you off okay, when the other okay, person okay. I remember. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. Like when they're showing the house, right? Yeah, when they first start, which I thought, I was like, okay, this show might be okay, because the first Mm -hmm. scene, when they pan into the house, wasn't bad. It looked pretty good. And then they just kind of went off the rails. They did like a 180 and did something completely different. I also kind of mourn the fact that Bobby Lee is in this, because I I really like Bobby Lee, but (laughs) he doesn't really get a chance to shine. And the the way that his jokes were written were kind of shitty i think they were funny because he was delivering them but they were a little they were like weirdly dark because he's Mm -hmm. like if my wife leaves me i'm gonna kill myself and he's like and i already have a plan on how to do it and the reaction (laughs) yeah the reaction is like oh haha that's funny but then at the same time you're like that's actually like the worst case scenario of people who are suicidal wants to have a plan i'm just like oh shit it just it just it just hit me by surprise so i was like oh that's that's out of nowhere he goes all like seriously he's like no seriously I'll yeah <laughs> keeping on with the with that point about like failed writing like failed comedy this mm-hmm. whole issue with the balls oh was just bad the balls so the the, the son? kid the son his name is milo he texts his mom from an unknown number which again is really fucking stupid. Why would he have an unknown number texting his mom? That's fucking ridiculous. Or the unknown number comes out on the screen and it says, my balls hurt. It gets and, worse. Oh, yeah, shit. and then Lena, which is Jenna Fisher, she reads it and she's kind of excited by this because she's a new divorcee going to explore her sexuality. So she's kind of excited by this. So she gets this text saying, my balls hurt. And then she's kind of excited and then she kind of leaves from her dad and responds she's like she responds with like a winky face yeah and i'm like why would you do that yeah the son texts back like this is me mom she's like grossed out and i'm like wait how could someone who doesn't know the number be excited by this random text it just seemed so unrealistic and then now it gets worse because they just continue with that entire ball joke and it just falls flat eventually it turns into the kid Milo needs to jerk off. He has blue balls and he needs to jerk off. So the mom creates this jerk off room because she doesn't want the help from Martin, which is the dad. So she can prove that she's like the ultimate mom. She can do things that the dad can do. That was, stupid and, and it's too. just, it's just fucking ridiculous. It makes, it doesn't play well. It doesn't, it's just bad writing. And the fucking jerk off room. It just seems like they decided that they were, that this was funny. 
And they're like, all right, we're just going to stick to it to the end instead of it just being like a one-off joke. Tell them the, the pictures that were inside the jerk-off room. No, you tell them. <laughs> no, you tell them, bitch. So I what was you. inside the jerk-off room, Santo? Caesar, would you like to elaborate on what was inside the Santos, jerk-off room? Santo, I know you're an expert in this. What what did you see inside <laughs> the jerk-off room? <sighs> Caesar. this is the most i've laughed oh man this was pretty bad i'm not even gonna lie this was like the most garbage episode we've done we should just skip talking about it and just go straight to the big teas yeah like honestly we would talk about the themes guys but this shit is so generic not it's just such a fucking (laughs) I got you though. Bullshit. I got you. Passengers, I got y'all. Themes, generic. For Themes. Real. You know what? You know what we should talk about. What? So, all right. So when you watch the episode, they trying to paint it like they both contributed to the end of their marriage, but throughout the episode, they include so much evidence as to why Martin is the guy who fucked up the relationship, and you're supposed to be like, oh, well, they kind of both contributed to it, but it's very obvious that. He's the one that just fucked up, and he didn't really want to work at it. He even admits it. Yeah. yeah. But then they, they try to, like, inject these parts where Jenna Fisher, like, doesn't dress sexy, which is why they don't have sex, or she's just too demanding, but it's just like, what? How is that? How is that her fault? She's just trying to, like, do her best with her kids. How, how are you going to be, like, a piece of shit? And not be there for your kids. Or not yeah, be there like, enough. Like, she's a mom. Yeah. Not her fault she don't got time to be sexy. Yeah. It's just, yeah. the premise of the show is very rocky. And there's no vested interest. So, when you're watching it, you don't really give a shit about any of the characters. Especially yeah, they, the kids. If they want to come back, they got to add a little bit more sauce to yeah. the show. Definitely. When the sister calls her a Ghostbuster for wearing a onesie. Yeah. That was... You know, that was also dumb because they tried to make it seem like it was the fact that she wasn't dressing nice that her husband doesn't have sex with her. But throughout the entire episode, she was dressed pretty well. Like, she wasn't dressed, like, ugly or anything. Yeah, she wasn't. Sadio! It was only for that particular joke that they made her seem like she was, like, ugly and, like, unsexy. Yeah, and when she was out and about, when she was texting the kid, she, she looked good there, too. Yeah the fuck and then um, the, the, the sister thought she looked amazing I was like your outfit is generic as fuck for real she swears she was like hot I was like alright let's talk about do you think she'll ever escape the shadow of the office like she'll be able to be in stuff without <sighs> That's people hard. ever thinking about her being in the office I'm trying to think of another role she's played where she doesn't act like Pam because when I saw her here I didn't think Pam, but, like, sometimes I would be like, oh, Pam would, like, do that, too. Yeah. Like, she would overthink things. Pam would definitely overthink anything. So, it's like, oh, man. Like, if I could see her in a different role, then maybe I could answer that. But I, I don't know. Like, I need to see her do something different in order to see if she can thrive. I think it's... It's a little weird that... Like, because she wasn't a comedian. She was just an actor. And The Office had a lot of comedians, of which they went on to do, like, different things with their careers. And just people from The Office 
there's very few of them who have succeeded. Mindy Kaling is one of them. Steve Carell is one of them. John Krasinski has recently have, had a lot has a lot of buzz because of his new movie. And B.J. Novak and Ellie Kemper, and that's about it. Everyone else kind of just had like their careers kind of stagnated, which sucks. I think I don't want to sound like a prick or an asshole, but do you think she's better suited for like a secondary role? <sighs> I don't know. I feel I feel bad because I I liked her so much in The Office that it's weird. Yeah, I did too. But I think that's an interesting topic about like life after. A show, a successful a, show. A successful show. Yeah. Like seeing people You finished you finished uh, one day at a time? No, I'm like five episodes. Okay, behind. so the, the gay veteran that she talks to and in, in the like the veteran group. Oh yeah, I remember so her. So uh-huh. her. She uh-huh. was she was like on scrubs for the entire series and she plays the love interest there, but she hasn't really had anything big since. Mm. And I think those kinds of characters are or those kinds of actors are interesting because they're essentially blue collar actors like they're working class actors they go gig to gig and they don't have like they don't have it's not like lavish the way that it is for some of the people who really do make it into hollywood elite and i'm trying Mm. to figure out whether or not jenna fisher is part of that I'm trying to figure out whether or not she is just a working class actress or if she's part of the Hollywood elite. Like, does she get invited to the red carpets or is she just one of those people that is barely making it? I I wouldn't call her elite. Yeah, I don't think so. I think at the height of her show, at the height of The Office, maybe she could have been like TV elite. But maybe that silver screen elite. Yeah. Because there is very little distinction at this point between the silver screen. I think she might be a working class actress. If this show doesn't really take off and she's just she's just working to the next gig, like she's not really ever I don't know. She my, hasn't she has my yet advice to have that big do role. something else. Do something different. Don't be don't be a mom. You already did that. I don't don't know. Be... See, that, that's kind of hard. That's kind of hard to say because it's not easy. That gig is not easy. Of course it's not easy, but, like, I mean, if you want to be, if you want to be elite, as you called it, you got to have, like, like, diversity, you know? Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's just, just go right into the B, B, B-T. So, co-pilot. <laughs> I think it's time. Time for what? We gotta tell our listeners about the BTs. The what? The BTs. T. Give them the BTs, my friend. I'm really eager to know this show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. This show to me is a 1.5. What? You gave it a whole one? God damn. What are you <laughs> the one it? for trying? <laughs> it's just so bad. It's just the, the foundation of what the show is supposed to be built on was not established. The reason for us to care is just not there. The kids are terrible. Just the acting in general is not good. 
There's just nothing about this show that excites me and makes me want to watch it. This feels like it should have been a show that came out in the Laugh Track era, but it's not a Laugh Track show. And it just makes me never want to watch it. So I'm going 1.5. Like early 2000s? Yeah, like early 2000s or like Mm. late 90s. Okay. What about you? I think I'm gonna go same. I'll give I'll give the one for the effort and the point five for the that one time they made me laugh in the show. But ABC, you're better than this. Je- Jenna Fisher, you're better than this. You guys literally gave away a big plot that you could center a whole season around. Like, are they gonna get back together? Are they not? You literally did that in the first episode. Let's not be lazy. Let's write something for these characters. Let's give these characters motivation. Let's give these characters traits. Absolutely. And then, you know, maybe we can brew something up here. And maybe we can have a successful television show. True. But right now... Shit is garb. It, it, it ain't looking good. It ain't looking good. Yeah. All right, let's see how this... Let's see how You this, guys how probably don't even deserve a 1.5. But oh. right here in the Pilot Boys... We'll give you guys a 1.5. That's generous. <laughs> and that's generous. All right. Let's go into the predictions. Oh, God. I say the show gets canceled. <laughs> Do they make it out of the first season alive? <laughs> I don't think this is going to be one of the... I don't think this is going to make it past its first season. Oh, man. I think ABC is going to cancel it. It's going to be part of the long history of shows that ABC cancels within this, like, wholesome family show genre. Yeah, if they make it out alive out of the first, like if they complete the first season, I'll be surprised at that. I hope Jenna Fisher finds continues to find work because I think there's something there, and I think I like I like seeing her on screen. But this was just not the one. No, she was, this de- was hot definitely garbage. not the one. She was this shit was garb. Yeah, guys, uh, we would say, you know, this is probably the point in the pod where we tell you guys that you guys should definitely watch it. But, I mean, there's better we're, TV shows. We're, there. we're pilots and pilots shouldn't lie. Yeah. So we're not going to do that. What about you? Yeah, one season, cancellation, verdict, next. Honestly, toot it or boot it. Peace. Boot Adios. It. Boot it. We booted y'all, this. We booted y'all this, my passengers. We booted this bitch. We should talk about like how hard it is for ABC. You know what? To have good shows. Go watch Blackish, guys. Because yeah, Black-ish that show is way, way better. Is good. All Even the, the Goldbergs kids, is better than this. I haven't I don't seen know the if you ever watched the Goldbergs. I haven't but. seen it, but I heard it's pretty good. And early seasons of Modern Family, guys. Go watch <sighs> it. That show is just that's a that's something else. I feel like ABC always has this issue. With, like, overstaying their welcome. Definitely. That show is, like, a prime example of yeah. that. Yeah. I think the is only thing that ABC, ABC has at this moment that excites me is Blackish. There's nothing that ABC has that is good at the moment. Roseanne just came back, and I heard that was fucking garbage. I never seen the original, so I wasn't, like, a fan. So, meh. They have you a know, list may- of shows. Maybe in their heyday, Lost was probably the best thing in their channel Grey's Anatomy? Oh, actually, that is not true. I also like Speechless a lot. Oh, i never seen that either. Speechless is good. It's about... 
It's about this kid who has palsy, so he he can't like he can't move like he's in a wheelchair. Oh shit! And yeah, the entire show is about that, and it's actually really really good. It's 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 kind of wholesome oh, the way this show is. Oh, I think is. I've heard about it. It's like a tearjerker, huh? No, you're thinking about This Is Us. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, I don't know how successful Once Upon a Time was, but I think it, it was, was pretty. It was pretty big. Yeah, I don't know if it's still on. They have like they they kind of cater to their audiences. Like they have shows that do well in their respective audiences, mm-hmm. but it's hard to get into them. Like they're just kind of shitty. I feel like they're the they're kind of like the more wholesome CW. So that's it. This is a short episode. MacGyver was on ABC. Interesting. So was your mom, bitch. <laughs> so. This was interesting. This was the Pilot Boys' official, like, worst-reviewed yeah. show. This gets the, the worst episode award. This is, like, pretty big for yeah. us. Last week, you gave out the Liddy Award, which apparently only requires a four... That, oh, that shit was lit. I love me some... Meg- Go watch Megalobox, y'all. That shit is hype. But yeah, that's it, my friend. Let's end this shit. Peace. Signing off. Pilot Boys, signing out. Bye, guys. Next week. Bye. Bye. All right, man.